So again and again, we find phrases like this in, in the book of Psalm. So phrases such as all the earth or all peoples. So the church today needs to carry the light of the gospel to the whole world. Okay, so, so the Jews weren't, they, they, were need, they needed to be different, the Gentiles, in this passage, but they, they weren't separated from them. And the same for us as Christians. We, we, you know, we are holy, we are set apart, but not, but not to be out of the world, that we're not connected to it, we're not speaking to other people about Jesus. So the world needs to carry the light of the gospel to the whole world. So, if, so going back to that, that idea about praise or praising God, so if we are, if we are a, a worshipping people, if we are praising the Lord, then we, surely we, we, we should be a witnessing people, shouldn't we? We should be a witnessing people telling others how wonderful our Lord and Saviour is. So we have, we have an amazing relationship with, with the creator of the world, but he, he loved us so much. So if we are a worshipping people, a praising people, we should be a witnessing people, telling others how wonderful he is. In, in the apostles in, in Acts chapter 4 said, For we cannot but speak the things we have heard and seen. So the apostles, they saw it firsthand. They, they, they traveled with Jesus. They learned um, from, from him. They, they, they witnessed um, his, his, his death and resurrection. And they were, they were compelled. They were compelled to speak to others about him. I don't know if many of you um, follow politics or not. Um, I've been, I've, I've got, got a bit tired of, of listening to the radio on the way to work. And um, so I went to the library the other day and I didn't have much time because the children were outside um, probably crying in the car. But, um, so I was really rushed to get something. And um, I picked up the autobiography, bi- autobiography of Margaret Thatcher. I don't know if anyone's ever read it or not. There's a few groans in the, in the, in the congregation, yes. Um, not that I'm I, you know, conservative or labor, I don't know, but um, it's been, it was, it's, I'm sort of uh, about three-quarters of the way through it. Quite interesting. And um, so when she became leader of the Conservative Party in the mid-'70s, so bearing in mind I wasn't alive, um, and when did she come into power? 1979? So I, was, I still wasn't alive. Um, so when she, when she became uh, leader of the, of the Conservative Party, which was the shadow cabinet at the time, she, ch- she chose all the, all the MPs to, to, to be in that shadow cabinet. And it just made me think of one comment that she made in this autobiography. And she said, um, when she chose one of the MPs, she said, she, you must get rid of your German-made, German-made Mercedes and get a British Jaguar. Which is, really made me think, and it, was quite, it made me laugh, actually, but... Um, made me think of, of because she, she wanted the MPs to, to represent what was British, I would say, um, and, and have that as both being part of them and external. And so I've been preparing for this sermon, and I, and I was thinking, well, in a, in a way, that, that's, we can relate that to us, can't we? How, how do we um, represent the King of Kings? So we're talking about, you know, if, we, if we're a worshipping people, if we're a praising people, we should be a witnessing people because of that, because of what we have inside of us, uh, telling others how wonderful and how, how great our God is. So bearing this in mind about Margaret Thatcher's uh, autobiography, whether you like her or not, um, it made me think, yeah, how do we, on, maybe on the outside, 
represent the King of Kings? Do people see something different in us as we go about our normal, normal everyday business? Do people see something different in us with our neighbours? You know, I'm, a, yeah, I'm as, I'm as bad as anyone else. You know, when do I speak to my neighbours? Very, very rarely. Um, you know, the, the house that's connected to me, I might, I might see Sid when he's going in and out of his house, but how often do I speak to him? Very, very rarely. Do I speak to him about Jesus? No. And, you know, that is something that I need, or we as a family should, re- should, should consider, or definitely should consider. So, so I'm, you know, speaking from this platform, think, you know, not saying I'm, I'm no different to anybody else. You know, I, I'm a leader of this church, but yet I'm not talking to my neighbours about Jesus Christ. You know, why, why am I not doing that? When, when I'm saying here that we, we're a worshipping people, we're a praising people, so we should be a witnessing people. So why aren't I doing that? It should be. So I'm challenging myself on, on this as well. So what makes us different? Do people see something different in us? Do people, do people see something different in me at work, in the way I deal with, deal with business or whatever? You know, does, that, does, does my life point to Christ or does it point to anything else? So it's just a bit of a challenge there, really. Um, so the third one is about, about talking about great is the love. Great is his love. Um, so verse 2 says, for great is his love towards us. So a lot of these verses just roll off the, off the tongue, don't we? So, you know, we're, we're saved by grace, not by works. And some of the things, we're, we're, some of these passages in the Bible, these verses, we're very familiar with, aren't we? But we're saved by God's merciful, kind, merci, merciful loving kindness. Um, so it's not... Um, so were it not for God's merciful, loving kindness, we, we, we would be still be in darkness and death. So Jesus Christ has done this for us. So if you've got your Bibles with you, good to um, look at another passage um, in Exodus. I said I wasn't going to speak for very long, but I've gone off my, off my notes quite a lot this evening. So <laughs> I can't stop talking. Uh, Exodus chapter 8. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 to 23. So Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 to 23, the plague of the flies. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of Egypt, of the Egyptians, will be full of flies, even the ground will be covered with them. But on that day, I will deal differently with, with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in, the land, in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. So this, this is a, um, a passage that I... I read in my devotional, I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, and I just want to read uh, what the devotional said. It says this, In the fourth plague, God explicitly singled out the land of Goshen, the dwelling place of the Israelites, for protection from his judgment, making his people the recipients of his gracious mercy. God demonstrated his power through his ability to withhold a judgment, such as the swarm of flies, from a certain location while flies wreaked havoc on the rest of the surrounding region. 
No one could deny that the people of God were uniquely set apart to him. In a similar fashion, God's people are uniquely set apart from God's judgment and for his use. (coughs) Authors of the New Testament, such as Paul, used an astounding word to speak of Christians. They called believers holy. This word denotes a special type of person, not by virtue of their perfect conformity to God's law, but because of the imputed righteousness provided through Christ's death. God's people are chosen by God to be holy, uniquely set apart for God's purposes, and protected from his judgment. In the coming age, those who trust in Jesus will be protected from the ultimate judgment of God, while many others will face eternal destruction. So God's people... Um, so that, yeah, this word denotes a special type of person, not by virtue of their perfect conformity to God's law, but because of the imputed righteousness provided through Christ's death. So that is the amazing love of Christ, isn't it? The imputed righteousness, righteousness provided by Christ's death. So that's something we're going to, to remember again this evening, is Christ's death on the cross. And, what, and, and we have the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, we have the righteousness of Christ through what he did, through what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. So in the coming age, those who trust in Jesus will be, will be protected from the ultimate, ultimate judgment of God. So we look at that, that, that second verse there. I've lost it now. For great is his love towards us. So we've seen... We've seen about praising the Lord. We've seen about uh, being a, a worshipping people, being a people that, that because of, of what Christ has done for us, we are a, a witnessing people. But also we see how the greatness, how great the love of Christ is. The imputed righteousness provided through Christ's death. The last point then, um, this evening, it talks about faithfulness. And the, the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. The word translated truth or faithfulness means, in Hebrew, to be firm, unshakable. To be firm and unshakable. So when we talk about God, he is dependable, he is stable, he is certain. So in this world that we, this turbulent world that we live in, whether it's getting worse or, well, it's, it's going to get worse, isn't it? It's, it's prophesied to, to be in, in, in that way, but... Um, you know, in, in everything, God is on the throne. He is in control. But he is dependable. He is stable. He is certain. He is always faithful. God's character cannot change, and his promises never change. <coughs> so just really in conclusion um, this evening, in, in Deuteronomy 32, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> Uh, in Deuteronomy 32, when Moses led the people of Israel in song, for the last time he had them sing these words. It says this, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. And I think um, Ray might have, um, I think this is one of the songs you had, th- had this morning actually, part of it. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. 
A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. I'll read that again. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. He is firm. He is stable. He is certain. His works are perfect. So none of us are perfect, but his works are perfect. All his ways are just. We may argue with God. We may not agree sometimes. Maybe the path for our lives, he only knows what is right. So all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. We saw that in the, in the, in the, the man of Jesus Christ. A man who did no wrong. Upright and just is he. So surely when we think about that passage, that, that Deuteronomy 32, that I will proclaim the name of the Lord. So it's a challenge for each of us, a challenge for me this week. How will I proclaim the name of the Lord? Maybe it is in action, maybe it is in, in word. And that is a, a challenge, a prayer for each one of us, that we will use our, our mouths when we should do and, and, <clears throat> and not cower away and, and, and not say anything. So we praise him, we extol him, and remember that he, remember his great love towards us, and that he is a faithful God. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we can, can learn so much about you. Maybe just in, in one or two verses. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are steadfast, you are certain, you are sure, you are immovable, that you're always faithful, your character does not change, your promises do not change, that you promise to never leave us or forsake us. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. Your works are perfect, and all your ways are just. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that <coughs> your word both encourages us, but also challenges us to maybe step out in faith, maybe um, to think of how we, we worship you, how we worship you in our lives. Help us day by day to bring glory and honour to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs>